Tour Guide Tell All is sponsored by Malloy Law Offices. They are a personal injury law firm here in the local DC area that helps others recover from car accidents, work injuries, slip and fall injuries, and other types of accidents. They work on what's called a contingency fee basis. So if you hire Malloy Law Offices after an accident, then you never pay anything out of pocket. They also offer educational content and free consultations for those who may have more questions than answers. Like us at DC by Foot, we're really excited for our educational content meeting where they're gonna talk all about liability issues for tour guides. Visit their website at Malloy, M-A-L-L-O-Y-Law.com or call their offices at 202-335-6141. Malloy Law Offices is open 24-7, so don't hesitate to get the right legal help you need after a personal injury accident. Now on to the Rebecca's. This is Dan King. Unfortunately, by myself, due to reasons. Uh, We were supposed to have Candon in, so it could be Candan, although she doesn't let me say that anymore. But anyway, Candon is not available this week, so I get to talk to you all by my lonesome. I'm going to try to make this quick, because this is a mini episode. Um, But today we wanted to talk about the Korean Veterans War Memorial. And you may have seen this in the news. It's not necessarily a new memorial. It's about mm, 26, 27 years old. But you may have seen some controversy about it because if you have had the chance to visit it, and it is a beautiful memorial, it is one of my favorites, especially in the winter. But if you've ever gotten a chance to visit it, it is directly opposite across the reflecting pool from the Vietnam Veterans War Memorial. And of course, that is also affectionately known as the wall because essentially the wall is a wall. It's a big wall buried into the ground um, that has the name of almost 60,000 service members who perished uh, during the war in Vietnam. Now, that memorial is unique because that war was unique. And in fact, we didn't have any national war memorials really until the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. But once that was created in the early 1980s and people began to visit it, a lot of veterans from other wars were like, hey, um, what about us? So in, I wanna say 1985, Ronald Reagan uh, and Congress authorized a new memorial on the National Mall for Korean War veterans. Um, So that was 1985. And if you know anything about DC, things take some time. So it took a few years into the early 1990s. So now we're in the, the W. Bush administration. And it was an open design contest. And the winners were a team, I believe, from the University of Pennsylvania. And they had a very different concept than what we see today. So the reason I bring this up is that memorials are always, always, always mired in controversy. Vietnam Veterans Memorial was certainly no different, although controversial for many, many, many reasons. But National War Memorials are kind of a new and unique thing. Um, We just really started having them since the 1980s, so we're not quite sure how to do them yet. And when 
they were designing the Korean War Memorial, they obviously took some inspiration from the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. And if you've been to the Korean War Memorial, they didn't do a list of names. And turns out there's some really good reasons why they didn't do that. But instead, they created a similar black granite wall, polished black granite wall, um, so you're able to see your reflection in it at the Korean Veterans Memorial. So it's very, very similar in that respect to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Um, but at Korea, instead of listing names, they just took pictures hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of archived photographs of support services. So we're talking chaplains, nurses, any people who would be supporting the troops on the ground. And then the memorial was or is centered around a field of 19 soldiers in various positions and they're meant to look like they are sort of marching off to war. They are marching through some territory and they're out on a mission. And when you enter the memorial, you're meant to feel like you're on this mission. But the wall that they added at Korea had all these pictures and still it's still there. I don't want to, they didn't change that part. And to me, that was almost more significant, more beautiful. There is something very powerful and I've seen it. I've seen the effect myself. I've taken kids there, um, relatives, family members, everyone to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. And when they find the name of their loved one, I get it. It is such a meaningful thing to, to just experience. And a lot of times as a tour guide, you just sort of walk through the Vietnam Veterans Memorial and you have to play a little game of dodging around the people who are just standing there contemplating. And that's what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, you know, I'm not criticizing that at all, but they, it, it is such an emotional, powerful effect to see that individual's name. And so a lot of people have been clamoring for that for, for many years now for the Korean Veterans War Memorial. Now, if you know, we've talked about the controversies of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. It is, it's one of my favorite stories to, to tell on tour. So definitely come out um, and experience it on tour. But with the Korean Veterans War Memorial, or sorry, with the Vietnam Veterans War Memorial, there was such controversy over who should be listed. And that controversy still exists today. And just real brief, there are things like uh, in the late 1980s, after some declassification, there are about 300 or so names added to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial because the list of names, and this is important, the list of names was provided directly by the Department of Defense. Um, and so they get to determine who, quote unquote, died in the Vietnam War. And for a long time, missions in Laos and Cambodia, where we definitely were not, yes, we were, um, but those men who died on those secret missions were not included on the wall until many, many years later. And then we sort of jammed them in where we could. There were also issues about veterans who died from Agent Orange exposure. It's very obvious to say that they would still be alive if it was not for the war in Vietnam. So, you know, why don't they get their name on the wall? And then other controversies about veterans who returned, who survived, quote unquote, the war, 
but came home to mental disabilities, to PTSD, um, and may have taken their own lives. It's very impossible to say that they too should not be honored at that memorial. And I think that is a huge reason why in creating the Korean Veterans War Memorial, they really stuck to that wall of images, of faces, of representations, that they weren't narrowing down or singling out individuals. But here is the rub with this nation of ours. We are a very individualistic nation. We're becoming more so <laughs> every decade. And so for some Americans today, seeing those individual names on the wall is really, really, really important. So the Korean Veterans War Memorial Foundation had been pushing for several years to get Congress to authorize another war or sorry, another wall to add on to the Korean Veterans War Memorial. Congress finally does this in 2016. The Park Service testified that they did not think that this was a good idea. I was trying to find the exact quote. It's a very good quote, so I wanted to make sure. Here's the quote from Peggy O'Dell, Deputy Director of Operations for the National Park Service. She essentially said there is not always agreement on those names to be included. Choosing some names and omitting others causes a place of solace to become a source of hurt. I think that's a great quote. I think that it shows that the National Park Service was sort of very aware of what could happen with building a wall of names associated with the Korean War, especially because it had already been screwed up. If you had visited the Korean Veterans War Memorial anytime before the last couple years or so, you would have seen an American death toll listed on the memorial that was about, I think about 56,000 soldiers that died in the war. That is not true, but that number was provided by the Department of Defense. However, whoever provided that number, they they listed all the, all the soldiers who had died anywhere in the world from 1950 to 1953, the years of the Korean War. And they said anyone who died anywhere in the world um, should be included in that number. Obviously, that's not correct. The real number is closer to about 36,000 total American troops, which is still a horrifying number when you realize that this war is approximately 38 months long. So that is a casualty or death toll of almost a thousand soldiers a month. And we have just never experienced anything like that since. So the Park Service knew this was a problem. And so they very cleverly protected their own ass. That's, that's what you do in the federal government. You protect your ass. They went along with Congress and they said, all right, you're going to do what we told you not to do. You're going to add this wall full of names, um, but we are absolving ourselves of it. And they got someone to insert into the language that the list of names would only come from the Department of Defense and no outside sources. The problem of this is the Department of Defense has terrible records. They're better now, but in the 1950s, woo mama, all that stuff had to be converted into, and I might be showing my age here because I just barely know what these were. This is more my father's generation, um, but IBM punch cards. That's how you enter data in the 1950s. And for long names, for hyphenated names, for unusual names, uh, sometimes that was difficult. The punch cards, you couldn't enter that data. And so things got truncated, things got missed, things got lost in this conversion process to IBM punch cards. And then over the years, obviously, 
thank God, uh, we have updated our record keeping at the Department of Defense, but they're still based on those old records. And so what that means is there's a lot of truncated misspellings, there's a lot of crazy weird things on this Department of Defense list. And how do we know this? We know this because of two amazing Americans. This is the kind of stuff I wish I had the time and life for, but the Barker brothers. The Barker brothers, Hal Barker and Ted Barker, they started working, one's a, an actual historian and he's been working on this with his brother for decades now, since since the 1990s, since basically the, the Korean War Memorial was established. Um, but they noticed all these glaring errors in the Department of Defense records years ago, decades ago they noticed this. And they decided to do something about it. So they started to match the Department of Defense records lists against census rolls, against death records, against any other corroborating information that they could find to make sure names were spelled correctly, um, that information wasn't left off, and things like that. So we had these amazing brothers. They had this amazing chunk of information. And as they were designing this new wall of names to add at the Korean Veterans War Memorial, these brothers, they tried to pipe up. They contacted the Department of Defense. They contacted the National Park Service. Um, they contacted any anyone in federal government that they could find. And they all got blown off uh, several times. And they said, you know, this list is riddled with errors. Someone has to go through and, and check it. And you had these volunteers, and we could have used their incredible services and their incredible knowledge, and the Department of Defense completely ignored them. Then a few years ago, apparently the brothers noted a lot more activity on their website. Uh, so they had been converting all this information and had been publishing it through their website, the Korean War Project website. And so they started to figure that some maybe some government contractors or something like that were pouring through their data and they limited they they cut it off and went back to the department of defense and said hey just collaborate with us and we are happy to to give you our information we just want to make sure that you're interpreting it right that that you know you understand the problems there are with this list uh department of defense never got back to them <laughs> and so now we have a wall, a circular wall around the outside pool of, of the Korean Veterans War Memorial. So if you've been there before, you'll remember that field of soldiers is sort of a triangle, and then the wall of pictures is on the right side of that triangle, and you sort of walk to the point where there's a big American flag. You look back and you see these statues of soldiers, 19 soldiers pushing forward, and then you see their reflections in that wall, and that is the, the 38 um, that is so magic for the Korean War because it lasts 38 months and the 38th parallel is still where we divide North and South Korea today. So that's what used to be there. And then now today around that pool of water, they have built an enormous circular wall that has the names of most, I guess, of the men and women who died in the Korean War. And this is the problem. Once the list was released, um, the brothers started to check it and they found hundreds of errors. They can't seem to figure out why some people were included and why some people weren't. Like there's, there's no criteria that they can find. For Vietnam, the criteria is very specific, 
but it did allow someone to be added onto the wall, even though they died 28 years after the wall, after the war. Because basically the Defense Department's definition for Vietnam is had to have died from wounds sustained in battle in Vietnam uh, or in the war in Vietnam. And so this man had shrapnel um, that a coroner ultimately said killed him 20 some years later. So he was added to the wall. So that's a very specific criteria. And the brothers, the Barker brothers, tried to like figure out like, well, what 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 criteria did they have for this list? And it turns out they don't really have any criteria. So it's I've been there. Um, it is new. It was just unveiled, I guess, this past summer because I took kids there then. So it's there. It's riddled with all sorts of errors. It cost about twenty two million dollars. Most of that secured from the government of South Korea. And now we have this wall riddled with silly things like name misspellings to terrible things of just excluding people, um, people who uh, we know died in the war. And I think this goes back to the Park Service's problem. We, we had already seen with Vietnam um, how much hurt could come from, as, as the deputy director said, a place of solace. And we should really work to try to minimize that as much as possible. So this is just sort of frustration with the government. We have a saying around our tour guiding when we get together for drinks and things like that. In fact, we, we did it as a podcast a couple times called Shoulda Asked a Tour Guide. And that's all I have to say about, about the wall at Korea. You shoulda asked a tour guide. Um, I understand the impulse to to want to recognize that individuality. I think that's more appropriate for hometown war memorials. And I think every hometown should have some sort of recognition of citizens of residents who who died in the various particular wars. And I think the I think that's better because those hometown lists are probably going to be so much more accurate than anything the Department of Defense could ever, ever come up with, um, at least without the help of the Barker brothers. So unclear what's going to happen now to the wall. Unclear what tour guides are going to tell people because we hate to uh, to poo-poo on our beautiful national memorials, but this just seems like such a colossal mistake from beginning to end. And I think it really, I hope it forces us as a nation to really think about individual service versus national collective is it appropriate to have individuals named on the national mall in these memorials maybe it was for vietnam because of the the particulars of that one maybe not so much for other ones but these are questions that swirl around tour guides heads national park service heads but we wanted to update you on this controversy in case you get a chance to come to the memorial i will say architecturally so not not just the the wall itself, but architecturally, I do think the new space adds a lot to the memorial. One of my huge frustrations with a lot of memorials is there's often no place to sit, especially for older generations. And they've added some beautiful benches, and the the outside circular space is a lot more open to just contemplation, which I think was a problem with maybe the original design because you were you were sort of pushed through it by walking. Um, so there is more space for contemplation, but I just, I, I think I have to come out on the side of no individual names, at least on national war memorials. We really should recognize the effort of everyone who was involved and also recognize that 
sometimes it's an, it's impossible to do that on a national level and leave that to individuals to to towns to cities to people like the Barker brothers who really have a passion for this stuff and thank goodness that they do because maybe we wouldn't know about any of these mistakes right now um, and there would be no call to fix them or or even to address this issue so I think that's about it for me and this mini-sode of the Korean Veterans War Memorial controversy that you may have seen in papers very recently. Um, but do check it out. I think the Times has a good article if you want to dig into more of it. Go to the Korean Veterans, uh, sorry, the Korean War Project um, by the Barker Brothers. They have an amazing website. And look them up if you're at all interested in maybe volunteering or, or seeing what they're all about. And, of course, come to D.C., take a tour with one of us, the Beckas, Candon, me. We have lots of other tour guides too who are almost as fantastic as the four of us. Now they're they're, they're good, they're very good. Um, but you should definitely see the Korean Veterans War Memorial. Come up with your own ideas, thoughts once you experience it. But I really liked just the idea of uh, those pictures, the pictures that were already there representing everyone at this national memorial. Tune in next week. I think I know what the Beckas are coming back with, but I can't remember what it is. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to Tour Guide Tell All. Check us out on the social networks. The ladies have that all in, as memorized, and I don't. So you, you, hopefully you know what our socials are right now. Pitch something to the pod. We're always looking for new ideas. This idea came from one of our listeners who had seen the article in the Times and, and wanted our views on it. So that's what we do around here. We listen to you. If you have something you are curious about in particularly Washington, D.C., or anywhere around, check us out and email us, and we will be happy to address that. So that's it for now. We will come back next week with a full episode. My name is Dan King, and you have been listening to Tour Guide Tell All. Thank you so much.